All right, here we go. We're just going to catch up, tell you what happened during the week. Only one more Portland left. We had some bad weather, so let's get on with the show. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation. Checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Mm. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right, here we go. We're still on the Portland bid. We got one more week of that. So, but this week was a little rough. So here's what we did: Chicago to Portland from Chicago. There's basically three ways you can go. The normal way is 80 all the way across, 84 up to Portland. Boom, easy shot. But you got to go through Wyoming, Nebraska. Not a big deal when it's nice out. Secondary way is you get to North Platte. You check the weather. If 80 shut down in Wyoming. Then at the 76 or the 106, what is it, 102 mile marker and on the 80, you shoot down 76 and then run 70 across and then run 6, US 6, which is kind of a desolate kind of an area up to 15, 15 up to 84, boom, you're in Portland. Or if you know it's going to be crappy down below, then you run 90 all the way across to the 82, then shoot the 82 to the 84. Boom. Uh, the other, the the first one, the eighty is the the fastest and the most direct route. The other two add miles, but you can get around. But here's what'll happen: Wyoming will shut down the highway before you'll put out the chains. So a lot of companies will shoot you down to the seventy because they know that even though the weather's worse and the you know the state will throw chains and then you can get across and it's no big deal. So here's what happened this week: going to Portland taking the 80 i get to north platte which is the 179 mile marker in nebraska i check the weather weather's going to be garbage and the, and the 80s shut down across wyoming and they're looking at 16 18 hours well that's a long time so i call the company and you know we figure it out and it's like okay we're gonna shoot down to the 70 so we go 70 or 80 to 76 you cut down into colorado grab the 70 and then go to the six then take the 6 up to the 15, 15 up to 84. It's not a bad route. Uh, driving across the, the Rockies is kind of a, you know, kind of a pain going up and down those hills, but it wasn't that big a deal, and I got there before the storm hit. Now, there's supposed to be a big storm coming through uh, Sunday and Monday, but I was there Saturday night, so we were perfectly fine. So we get up there, do the delivery. Everything's kosher. Get out of there. Uh, get out. Leave Portland. I get. I make it to Boardman. That's where we switch out. Take showers at the Loves, and my co-driver takes over, and we take the eighty across. Now I gotta go across eighty Wyoming. Well, now it's wind, super windy. The roads open, but it's icy. Ugh, just one of those winter trips. It's not that you know. In about a month, I'll be thinking, oh, this wasn't a big deal. But the first winter is always the worst. First winter is always the worst. I don't know why. It just is. 
So that's what we did. We dealt with ice and snow all the way back. It wasn't a big deal. It was just annoying. And then got in earlier today. So tomorrow we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. Uh, leave out again Saturday for Portland. Now what's going to happen there is we're going to leave for Portland, get back probably Tuesday, Wednesday morning. New bid starts on Thursday, 7 a.m. That'll be season six. Season six starts up with a new bid. I do that because it's easier to, that way I know what I was doing, you know, which, what I was doing when I did these, you know, season five, Portland, season six, Bloomington, Denver. You know, it's uh, Chicago to California, California back to Chicago, Chicago to Denver, Denver back most of the time. Now, it's, you know, it's not a big deal. It's, it's, it's okay. Uh, you learn to deal with it. It's just the, the lot we live, I guess. Uh, I rather enjoy the, it's a beautiful drive to Portland, don't get me wrong, just an absolutely beautiful drive. But it's not a drive I want to do when it's snowing out, and I don't want to climb them damn hills. Uh, unfortunately, they dropped us down. I'm already doing doubles, and now they've dropped us down to, um, that's two trailers, by the way, if anybody doesn't know. Um, you know, we're now down to a single drive axle, so we've lost a lot of traction on the ground. And, you know, it's huge. It's huge to lose, you know, a whole drive axle because that's a lot of traction. That's four less, uh, you know, that's less, four less tires on the ground, which to me is huge. And the other thing is, is that when you have a single axle, you can only have 20,000 pounds on that drive. Okay. You can only have 20,000 pounds on that drive axle. Well, that's where I want the weight. I want all the weight I can on that drive axle. Now they got to spread it across the trailer a little bit more and they get a little more creative. But when it comes to ice and snow, I want that weight on the drive axle. And now I can only put 24,000 on there. Now with a twin screw, I can put 34,000 on that drive axle. 34 is what I want. I want the 34,000. Because, you know, that's where it's at. The more you weight on there, the better traction. So I lost the, you know, I went from 34,000 of my drives possible to 20,000. And I went from eight tires on the ground on my drives to four. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I've done single axles before, but yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. You have to get a little bit more creative and you got to work a lot harder to, to not get in accidents because you, you don't have nearly as much traction. And when you get to places like Vail, they'll throw the chain law up and, you know, there'll be single axle, you know, commercial motor vehicles, CMV, uh, single axle chain up, everybody else flying by, which is a real pain because throwing chains is a real pain. On top of that, that, you know, they, they started us, oh, there's the they, they, then an MM. They started us off with this, uh, automatic junk. Now the automatics I think are great for like when you're, uh, flat ground, you know, it's, it's really nice out, you know, it's a flat ground type area. It's sunny, not too much obstacles when you're going up and down the Rockies and you're dealing with ice and snow, automatics are just not the way to go. And let me tell you why. Now I'll be the first to admit, you know, that some of it is maybe I just don't want to change, you know, maybe that's what it is. I just don't want to change. But the truth is, you know, because I've been driving on, you know, stick shifts in the trucks for 23 years. My cars are all automatics because I drive the truck so much that I have a hard time driving a car. Uh, 
stick because I can, you know, I'm so smooth with the, it's just so different, you know, in a truck, you know, it's an unsynchronized transmission and the car is a synchronized transmission and it's so different that I just can't do it. You know, I, I don't, it's to me like breathing, but here's the gig here. Okay. When I put my hand on the stick, I can feel the vibrations of the road and I can tell you how slick, or I can tell you how, how tight the road is or how, you know, I get a good, strong feeling for it. With the automatic, I can't do that. I lost that tactile feeling. And that's huge. You know, that was a huge loss for me. And it's going to take a while to get over that one. Also, another thing is that I can shift the truck on, on uh, the lower gears you know, one through six, a lot smoother than the automatic can. So if I have a heavy load and I'm trying to climb up a hill, the automatic is kind of clunky. It's uh, doggy. And it, it the, the smoother you are going up the hill, the more likely you are not to break loose. So that's a big thing right there. Now, the biggest thing is if you stop on a flat surface, let's say there's ice, and you have an automatic or you have a stick shift, you can rock it. You know, you can hit the clutch, you can rock the truck, you can get it rocking back and forth, and you can break loose, and you can get it rolling. And it's not that difficult. In fact, it's fairly easy. You get a good rhythm going, it's not a big deal. With an automatic, you can't do that. You got two choices. Uh, throw some chains, maybe just throw them underneath, find something you can wedge in there to get some traction, or call a wrecker. So, I just... I just think I lose a lot with the automatics. And then when you're upshifting, when you're leaving parking lots and things, they're really clunky and real herky-jerky and they're shifting. And I just don't like them. Now, we've had them for about a year now, and I still don't like them. I'm getting better at dealing with them. I don't reach down and try to grab the, you know, the stick shift as often as I used to. And most of us do it. We call it petting the dog. You know, reach over there and it's not there. And it's like, oh. Um, and I stopped putting my foot through the floor trying to, you know, hit the clutch. But it's, you know, some people will say, oh, you just don't like the automatic because it's, you know, whatever. You know, it's old school and you don't want to give that up. And well, that may be so. But I think there is a strong pros for the stick. I think the stick is, you know, is good. And also... Uh, the the biggest thing I think with automatics is is that you get a, a new driver, and they get behind a wheel and they drive the automatic, and now suddenly they think they're driving their car. You know, the, they're just a bigger version of their car. Whereas when they were driving with a stick, they had to think about what they were doing, and you could tell when they were getting good or when they were getting comfortable with the truck because you could tell when they were getting good with the shifting. And I think that was a good sign. But now they can just get in behind a wheel and go and. I think it's really taken, you know, it's made them more confident in their skills than they should be because they think they can just get in and go and they shouldn't feel that way. You know, there really truly is a lot to what we do. And even though it doesn't seem like it, it's just, I don't know, it's just strange to me. But, you know, so that's my week so far. You know, uh, someone asked me the other day, who would you recommend? as a trucking company, where to go, where would you go to work? Would you, who would you recommend? And, you know, I have to answer that 
there is no one best answer. Uh, you know, it all depends on where do you live. You know, do you live in Florida, Georgia, California? Uh, what do you want to do? Flatbed, tanker, uh, dry vans, something specialized maybe. Uh, it's just there is no one answer. A lot of it has to do with where you live, what you want to do, and what you're interested in. Because trucking is involved in everything. You can get involved in everything. You know, flatbed work from windmills to, you know, grocery cereal. You know, there is no one right answer. So I tend to shy away from recommending, you know, blanket statements on who, who to work for. Because I don't think there is a best answer to that. I think the answer is, the best answer is very personal. Because it has more to do with where do you live and what you want to do. And... You know, if if you don't like going to grocery warehouses, maybe don't go to the vans. Or if you want to, you know, you don't like tarping, you know, you're not going to like tarping. Don't do flatbed. Uh, if you know you're creative and you like to think outside the box, maybe do a wrecking service, you know, recovery. Or do, uh, oh, I just did it. Um, you know, do, um, uh, God, I did it again. I can't believe I just did it again. Do, uh, oh, there's a third time. You know, you know, just do something creative, you know, do something different. Uh, you know, oversized vehicles. That's what I was trying to say when I kept doing the stuff. Uh, oversized vehicles can be quite interesting. You know, you might do windmill blades. You might do uh, bridge overpass uh, trestles. You know, it could, it could be anything. You know, or maybe you're doing intermodal work. Maybe you want to do intermodal work. Go back and forth to the rail yards. You know, there truly is no one right answer. The only answer is the one that works for you. So if you're, you know, let's say you're in another country and you're thinking about coming to America because you want to drive a truck, my recommendation is uh, download the whatever state you're going to go to, the DMV laws, and read up about the hazardous material laws. That's going to be the big thing. Everybody wants a hazardous material license because it's an instant background check. Yeah, you got to go through a background check. You got to... Yeah, you got to know a few things. Uh, get your hazardous material license. You know, get all your placards or all your endorsements. Tri doubles, triples, tankers, get everything, passenger. Uh, well, maybe not passenger. You don't really need that. But, you know, get all your endorsements. Get them when you first get your license. Opens up more doors. Uh, Indiana, Ohio, you need five years of doubles experience before you can get a triples license. That's on flat ground over in Indiana, Ohio. You know, then when you run the toll with triples. But if you run the Rockies, you know, going up and down the Rockies, you can, as long as you can breathe, you can run triples. Even if you have no experience, which doesn't make much sense to me that you can do it there in the Rockies, but you can't do it on the flat ground. But that's the way it works. Uh, I myself have my triples license. Uh, I don't do that kind of work anymore. I don't do triples. I used to do triples between... Uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, and Vegas, and then Reno and Salt Lake back and forth. And the good thing about it was, is a lot of the older guys didn't like to do those runs, so it was easy work for me to get. But you know, those are you know, those are just tips and you know things that I did. Uh, you want to work if you want to make money. You want to work when everybody else doesn't want to work. They go home for the weekend. There's loads to run. You run their loads. That's how you make your money. So anyway, at this point, I'm just starting to ramble. I got the next couple days off to the news on Friday. I might change the the days of things because I'm going to be leaving out on Thursdays, you know, Thursday morning. So I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a little harder to do 
over the road, but you know, it's just, we call it the grind. It's a good run though. You know, a lot of freight, a lot of freight. <laughs> it's going to be very tiring, but you know, that's the nature of the business. I've been doing it 23 years. Uh, I got close to 3 million miles, no accidents. I got with the present company I'm at, I'm almost at 2 million miles with no accidents. And, you know, it's all about paying attention to what you're doing. Still working on a winter show. If anybody wants to call me up, if anybody wants to call me up and give me some winter tips, I'll put them in the show, combine everything together. That way you don't have to hear me uh, drone on about this stuff. That's uh, 414-666-1926. Give me a call. Uh, leave a three to five minute message and I'll put it in the show. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Leave some comments. All right, I'm going to cut this out. There's the intro music. Can you hear it? Yeah, it's my music. So, telling me the time to go. I got to go to bed anyway. I've been up all night. Uh, I hope everybody has a great uh, holiday coming up. We'll see what happens. Pretty sure I'm going to have Thanksgiving off, but hey, freight's got to be delivered. I won't know until, until I know. So, happy holidays, and, you know... It's going to be a rough winter this year, so be careful, drivers. Be careful. All right, talk to you later.